0: And I'm Tyler.
1: And these are Cosmere, Cosmere Conversations.
0: Conversations. Man, we're so good at that sinking voice. <laughs> We've got a doozy of an episode today for number two.
1: We do. We have far too much to talk about, but we are going to do our best to give you all of the info.
0: There's so <laughs> much info. I spent the time off between recording episodes reading rereading Mistborn Secret History got entirely overwhelmed by all of the info and I'm now attempting to put it all together that
1: book is really dense
0: as is this entire journey and hence why we are here why you are here Let's dive in. What's our topic for episode two?
1: That was my question. Uh, We are going to be talking about the shards and adenolseum in today's episode.
0: Excellent. And what, pray tell, for those that did not hear the last episode, is a basic definition of adenolseum in Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere universe?
1: Yeah, so in the Cosmere, nauseum is basically the power of creation. So something similar to what we would call God. Um, I think that's pretty much the definition we gave last time.
0: Sure. It's totally fine. It's a good definition. For something that we don't have all the information about, True. that's a pretty good start. So I'm happy with that. It is certainly um, a force that... Existed in the Cosmere. Do you want to start us off with a, a quote from one of our favorite places on the internet, uh, which is the Coppermind. Coppermind, if you do if not know... If you've read
1: Ms. Born, you know what that means. Exactly.
0: <laughs> it is a storehouse of all the information in wiki format uh, on the interwebs that we have about Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere universe.
1: It's a gold mine, but you can also really easily get lost in there. It's actually okay, not
0: a gold mine. Why?
1: <laughs> You're right. It's not a gold mine. It's a copper mine.
0: Because if it was a gold mine, it would give you health. Uh, that is too nerdy, even for the nerds among you. Uh, but copper mine stores <laughs> memories, and that is exactly what this website does. Um, they have a great little introductory paragraph. Um, kind of explaining. Could you uh, read that for us?
1: Yeah. So after adenalsium shattered into its present form, the pieces were given or taken by individuals that then had the powers of that aspect of the shard of Adonalsium. So, so there yeah, were. Let's stop there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there
0: was adenalsium, and adenalsium was broken. Shattered. Shattered. And it's an event called the Shattering, so we should use that term, Shattered, uh, because of some unknown happenings. We don't know exactly what caused the Shattering.
1: But I think we do know that it was an external force, but other than that...
0: Exactly. It was not a natural byproduct of the universe. It was specifically intelligent um, entities... That Brandon just calls people. He calls all intelligent uh, humanoids. Don't even need to. No, he didn't even
1: say humanoids. Um, I'm pretty sure he just said all intelligent species. There it is. I call all intelligent species people.
0: Exactly. So there were people around uh, that had a hand in the shattering of Adenalsium. When it shattered... Uh, Pieces were either given or taken by individuals, and they become known as shards.
1: Yeah, so essentially, adenosium is broken into pieces of that larger power, and it breaks into different aspects, which I think the best way to describe it is just to say the names of the shards.
0: Before we give each of the different names of the shards, um, I just wanted to bring in a tiny bit of kind of conclusion to the quote that you started, where we have the shattering taken up by these individuals called vessels. And these vessels or people tend to act like imperfect gods, capable of creating and destroying worlds. Many of these gods give specific magical powers to the people on their worlds.
1: Yeah, so I think I like the phrase that they use, they're imperfect gods, because mm-hmm. I think a good way to think about it, for me at least, is that Adonalsium is like a great three-dimensional character, right, that has, like, pros and cons and foibles and, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It it has a bunch of different things compromised in it. When Adonisium shatters, it becomes a bunch of, like, two-dimensional characters that are not balanced. They are, like, very intensely A bunch of clichés. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great. Cliché.
0: And that's not to say that the people, the individuals living on the world see their gods that way.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. They
0: see the shards as god. But in reality, the shards are only a piece, and an imperfect one at that, of Adenalsium. Yeah. It's getting incredibly dense in here already. (laughs) I hope that we have only inspired people to pay attention, and not lost them all. I
1: know, hopefully... We haven't just confused everybody in, like, the first three minutes. We're
0: gonna try, which, we'll get better as it goes on, let's be honest.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, okay, let's try to, like, untangle this little knot, then.
0: Starting with, let's go through each of the different shards of adenalsium.
1: Yeah, I think that's great.
0: And give them each a name and uh, a location. A place in the Cosmere, okay? Starting with the Shard of Ambition, which is near the planet, but not on the planet of... Threnody. Threnody. Again, all pronunciation gets rubric. (laughs) Threnody is where is the planet, that nearby has the Shard of Ambition.
1: Yeah, and if you're, like, wanting to know what book that is, if you want to read about it, that would be Shadows for Silence in the Forest of Hell, um, and that's, like, a short story that you can find in a couple different anthologies, including the Ars Arcanum. So the Arcanum
0: Unbounded. Oh, yes, sorry. It's totally fine. Arcanum Unbounded. The Arcanum
1: Unbounded. <laughs> okay, so next uh, we have the Shard Ot- Autonomy, and that is on the planet Tal'dane, which is uh, the location of White Sand, the graphic novel
0: that we talked about last week. Super beautiful. Definitely worth checking out. Don't leave it off your reading list just because it's the graphic novel, because you would find all about autonomy and the magic system that is created uh, on that planet of Tal'dane. Then we have the Shard of Cultivation. Cultivation is found on one of multiple shards that is found on the planet Rashar. Now Rishar, wise listeners will know, is the center of Brandon Sanderson's magnum opus, the Stormlight Archive, and it is... The major continent on that planet is called Rishar. The planet itself is called Rishar. And the solar system is called the Risharian system. So don't get confused by all those things. Yeah, there's
1: a lot of Rishar.
0: (laughs) Um, Cultivation is on the planet Rishar. And she, and yes, this one we do know... Uh, the vessel that took up the shard cultivation is female, but we know very little else about uh, cultivation. Why don't we jump down to her? Mm, I don't I don't want to say partner like a uh, lover or anything like that, but just the other shard on Rishar.
1: Without getting too complicated. The other shard on Rishar is Honor, held uh, by Tanavast would be the vessel.
0: Excellent. So we have honor and cultivation, which um originally came together to yes. the planet of Rashar, and
1: they were romantically involved.
0: Excellent, as vessels, correct?
1: Um, I don't know if that's been specified. I mean, I would assume so. When you
0: say I romantically involved, do you mean as shards or as vessels?
1: Brandon did not specify.
0: But he, in some word of Brandon said yes. that they were romantic. I'm gonna go with vessels that then
1: I would assume brought
0: yeah. that romantic connection to the shard state uh, when they picked up the shard and yeah. then their shards traveled together.
1: You yeah. know, it's so cute. They were like, "Oh my God, let's go like create a world together just. I don't know. I like it. <laughs> it's
0: very beautiful, and it will become more beautiful as we learn more about cultivation in the Stormlight Archive. Because of all the shards, with the exception of on uh, Scadrial, um, we probably know the most about Honor. Yeah. Uh, we know a lot about the backstory of Honor and how his um, influence is felt on Rashar. Um, cultivation, less so, because it's not the site of a lot of the action. We just get little glimpses here and there. And for honor and cultivation, their interaction is supremely important. All humanoid life on Rashar is a combination of honor and cultivation. The spren are a different situation, but we'll we'll talk about them later.
1: Yeah, let's not. That's too going much. Too far. Let's exactly. just get through the shards first. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so next up on the list is another pair, another yeah. shard pair: mm-hmm. devotion and dominion. Devotion and dominion are both found on the planet of Cell. Brooke, what uh book is on the planet Cell?
1: Cell is going to be both Elantris and the short stories um, associated with Elantris, um, as well as the short story The Emperor's Soul are all on Cell. Excellent. The vessels of Devotion and Dominion are Aeona and Sky, uh, who I believe are both female.
0: Which is interesting, um, and the way that that plays up on Cell is going to be specifically different than the male-female relationship of the vessel's cultivation and honor on Rishar.
1: Well, I think Cell is a really special case anyway because of the circumstances there, which we'll go into a little bit later. Exactly.
0: Uh, next up on the list of shards...
1: We have endowment... Uh, which is found on Nalthus, the home of uh, Warbreaker.
0: Nice. A fantastic place to start a journey into the Cosmere. And that is held, endowment, is held by Edgul?
1: Edgley. Edgley? Yeah. Okay. E-D-G-L-I.
0: Edgley. Edgley, folks. Uh, Then we have another shard pairing of preservation and ruin which are found on the planet skadriel they are held by uh, the vessels which are originally both male i I believe of uh lyris and ati ati These are probably the shards that we know the most about, not just the powers and the way that they work, but also the individual vessels as well, because Mistborn and Skadrill as the planet has the most work that Brandon Sanderson has done. We have the trilogy in Mistborn Era 1, we have the quartet uh, in Mistborn Era 2. We have Mistborn, Secret History, and the Ars Arcanum, which all give background information on Skadriel. And then we will have Mistborn Era 3 and Mistborn Era 4. So Skadriel is a center point of the Cosmere.
1: Yeah, Um, so we've seen a lot from those shards already. And that story has definitely been a big source of, like shard information absolutely
0: i would say that this is where we we find out most of the information about the shards and what should be mentioned because everything comes with a spoiler alert on this show um is that preservation and ruin two separate shards because of the event at the end of mistborn number three the hero of ages are no longer two separate shards because they are being held by one vessel. They themselves have merged into Harmony, which is still somewhat unknown, the full impact of that event. We, we don't quite know everything about um, how Harmony now interacts as a shard, but harmony is being held by Zazed. Now that one, this is this is a fair mispronunciation. I've heard Zazed's yeah. his name pronounced every single possible way.
1: well, I think it has come from Brandon that it is supposed to be pronounced Sazed.
0: Sazed. That yeah. is the pronunciation official. exactly. Yeah. The official pronunciation. But it is spelled S-A-Z-E-D, yeah. and in my brain, I will probably always say Zazed.
1: Yeah, I just assumed, like, it's spelled exactly like Dazed, so it should be sazed. But
0: Zazed, but their
1: language is not our language. So. Exactly, yeah. their pronunciation <laughs> yeah. is different.
0: Uh, we don't get tied up on pronunciation here on the show. We do our best. Sazed is now holding uh, both Preservation and Ruin,
1: And we have Harmony.
0: And we have Harmony. Yep. The next shard on the list...
1: Is going to be one that we don't know a ton about. Uh, We have one short sentence from Brandon Sanderson saying that there is another shard um, who just wants to hide and survive. Um, That is the
0: phrase, hide and survive. That's literally all we know about it.
1: Yep, we don't know where it is or who's holding it or anything like that. We just know that it's out there.
0: And it wants to hide and survive. Try
1: and stay alive. Yeah. Now why does the shard want to stay alive, you might ask?
0: Exactly. What is
1: the danger?
0: What's it hiding from? It's odium. Odium is the last of the 16 shards that were shattered from adenalsium. Odium embodies hatred. It is currently in the risharian system. See, this is why I told you about that information earlier. Everything comes full circle. It is in the risharian system, but not on the planet rishar It is being held by a vessel named Rays.
1: I always say Raysa. Like a German pronunciation. Okay. But...
0: We literally hit every possible language
1: Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: we have Zazed, Reys, Reysa, Zased. Odium is on the planet Braze. Braze is another planet in the Rasharian system that has people. Does it have anybody? Uh, I, think I don't does.
1: think it does have people. Did it
0: at one point?
1: Um, I don't believe so. I think... Okay. So there's three... There are three planets that are, like, central yep. in the Risharian system, and then there are ten gas giants. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe Rishar has all of the people, Braze has nothing, and then there's another planet. I'm forgetting its name right now, but, um, there... It is possible that there were humans on that planet at one point, and they performed an exodus got it in history i want to back up real quick and just talk about a little bit more fundamentals of how shards work so now that you've like heard all of their names so basically like we were talking about before each of those shards is this two-dimensional character that embodies the intent of their name so for example the shard ruin wants to ruin everything Um, And the effect that that has on the vessels is that essentially the, the person who takes up that shard becomes aligned with the intent of the shard. So even if a super nice person took up the shard of ruin, over time holding that intent, basically embodying the spirit of ruination, that's the only thing they're going to want to do.
0: Yeah, and Brandon said specifically that a vessel can kind of interpret the in- intent of the shard. So that's just uh, what you said. The concept that the vessel kind of picks how the shard's intent plays out, but the intent is still there. Exactly, ruin is still there. But what does ruin mean? And and for example, because. Ruin and Preservation are the best example. Um, I'm going to go with my pronunciation. Everybody else can hate me. But Zay's has is a vessel, and he is holding the Shard Ruin, but his interpretation of what Ruin means and the intent and power of that Shard is different then, when sh- the shard was being held by Ati, Ati, the original shard holder, they the power is still the same between both of those individuals. The power to ruin is still the driving force of that shard, but how that plays out is different. To make an analogy to um, our own universe and maybe some uh, mythology that people are familiar with you have the evil force the satanic force of traditional christianity uh which is like the opposing force to god's will you could say okay that's ruin that satan is ruin and, and god is preservation you could say that um, but if you look over in Eastern my- mythology at uh, Hinduism, you have three gods that make kind of the fundamentals of Hinduism, and one is the the creator god, Brahma, and one is the destroyer god, Shiva, but Hindus don't see Shiva as like a bad or negative thing. The destruction... Yeah, because
1: it's like destruction for rebirth, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, and I would say I both... Aussie and Sazed after they take Ruin kind of say like you you need me like there is no life without also death like everything has to come to an end at some point
0: and not only is it just death uh, and that is important that is significant but when in Mistborn Secret history we have some great examples of Ruin actually speaking and kind of giving his own uh philosophy kind of laying it out there preservation as well um one of the quotes that really for me kind of defines what is preservation and maybe what's the problem of only having preservation is his quote about the lord ruler who was a being that ruled that planet for a thousand years um, was immortal and unchanging, but also a tyrant uh, that in the first Mistborn series, everybody wants to take down and destroy. When you hear preservation's perspective on the Lord Ruler, it's very interesting because he's built up as this villain. And then this is what preservation has to say about the Lord Ruler. Quote, I am glad you didn't find a way to destroy him. Everyone else passes, but he is unchanging. He's a brilliant specimen, so unique. I don't agree with what he does, but one can empathize with the lamb while admiring the lion, can one not? End quote. Preservation basically likes the Lord Ruler because he is immortal, because he is unchanging.
1: Right, he kept everything pretty much exactly the same and stable for his entire rule.
0: Yes, for a thousand a thousand year rule, basically the entire world stays the same. Yeah. And.
1: And then ruin, as a counterpoint, is the catalyst for change, which change. can be good.
0: Exactly. Right. So like not just death, like, but literally any type of change whatsoever is ruin. And I, I yeah, just wanted to I think to, we
1: all know like change change can be very traumatic and scary and things that we don't like. But in the end, if we don't have change, we can't move forward or there's progress no growth. or yeah, exactly, grow.
0: Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I just wanted to point out that this isn't uh, as easy as just saying one is good and one is evil. Yeah. Because that's their names are not good and evil. Their yeah. names are preservation and ruin, and that is giving you a hint of their intent. With Zay's being able to hold both and create harmony, he's able to balance out both the forces of preservation and uh, of ruin to create harmony, and but also to see positive growth and positive change.
1: Right, yeah, so that there is death and rebirth, and, you know, that circle of life, whereas if you only had one or the other, you would sort of dead-end. Um, and I think that's a great sort of microcosm for Adonalsium and the shattering as a whole, right? When they were all together, they kind of balance each other out and work together and like probably create something with a nice flow of life. Um, and now that it's shattered, there's a lot of danger in having only one part of this incredible power.
0: Yes. And specifically... When you have only hatred boiled down into one shard, that is odium.
1: Yeah, and then to add to that, we know from Hoid that the vessel holding odium was not a very nice person to begin with, and that person chose to interpret odium as like the worst Possible incarnation of Odium. So it's like Odium to the max.
0: Exactly. And that force of Odium is going throughout the Cosmere trying to destroy all of the other shards. Some he has been successful at. Um, and not just destroying the the shards themselves, but destroying the vessel. Killing the vessel.
1: I don't know if it's actually possible to do one and not the other.
0: I don't know if it would be uh, possible.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I think when the shard is killed, the vessel is as well.
0: I agree, but what we have seen currently is vessels being killed and shards kind of, like, eking their way out for a little bit longer in different ways, depending on the planet, depending on the way that
1: Yeah. The shard so, kind of
0: manifested itself.
1: Yeah, there's, like, several different states of, I don't know, destruction, I guess, because the shard can be weakened in different ways. It can be, like, wounded, just like a human, right? Like, you could have a shard with, like, an arm cut off figuratively speaking and it might act a little bit differently but it's not necessarily dead and then you also have shards that are completely taken out they're dead they're shattered
0: so we have shards we've got all 16 of those explained and nice we have the driving force of the cosmere backstory which is odium can we kind of give a definition or help understand the different forces that exist because of shards. What I'm referencing specifically is the difference between shards, slivers, and splinters. Can you help us understand? We know what shards are. Everybody just learned that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess this goes to kind of just what I was just talking about, that there's sort of a bunch of different states. a shard, you have the full shard, and then you have sort of a bunch of things in between that and like a non-existent shard, which can happen in a bunch of different ways. Um, So you have a sliver, which um, if you've read Mistborn, you know like the Lord Ruler calls himself the Sliver of Infinity, and the Lord Ruler basically held the power of the shard and then released it that we know of right now are the Lord Ruler, Spoiler Alert, Kelsier, Every... if you have not read Mistborn's Secret History. Everything is a spoiler alert <laughs>
0: on this show. Our only fans are those who want the spoilers.
1: <laughs> um, and a splinter is a piece of adenalseum that does not have a person holding it that has attained self-awareness.
0: Okay, roll that back and say it one more time. Yeah. A splinter is what?
1: A splinter is a piece of adenalsium that does not have a person holding it that has attained self-awareness.
0: Okay, so what I think that I'm hearing is that in the shattering of adenalsium, there were these 16 shards created. They were picked up by vessels and there was some type of like essence of adenosium that was also thrown out and has kind of pooled on different planets. And some of those pools of adenosium's essence have achieved sentience.
1: Um, partially. Correct me. Partially, yeah. So, and this is another area, like so many things, that's kind of a gray area. Mm-hmm. Um, we know, so we know that there are splinters which we've just defined, those exist. Uh, There are a couple different ways that they come into existence. Some of them are created by a shard shattering and it doesn't have a vessel anymore, it's just pieces of what it used to be and those pieces achieve sentience. Um, There are also planets where this has not happened where we see kind of a similar thing Which we suspect might be because at one time Adenolseum left little bits of its power in specific places. That, again, later achieved sentience.
0: And the the power itself has achieved sentience. And we would call that those... Anything that achieved power... Anything that achieved sentience in that way would be a splinter. Yeah. Okay, so... We have shards, we have slivers.
1: Yeah, let me, let's define slivers a little bit more, I think. Um, I think the premise is that after a person has held the power of a shard, they're kind of changed forever, as you might expect.
0: It's basically an, an enlightened state. Yeah, and then that's you a great way to Return from it for the fans of Buddhist philosophy. This is called a bodhisattva, one who achieves enlightenment and then returns to help other people achieve enlightenment. Now, slivers don't necessarily have to be m- motivated in the same way a bodhisattva is, but <laughs> it is achieving enlightenment in some way and then returning to the world. Lord Ruler. Expanded his sentience, his consciousness, his consciousness, and then returned to rule for a thousand years as a tyrant. Kelsier expanded his consciousness, achieved enlightenment when he was the temporary holder of preservation's power, And then he gave up that power. Specifically, he gave it up to Vin so that she can have her heroic moment at the end of Mistborn Era 1. This presents an interesting concept, and it's one that's difficult to understand because we never see anything from the Lord Ruler's perspective. We see flashbacks and kind of piece together his story, but... We do see in Mistborn's Secret History Kelsier's experience of becoming a sliver. And it is very interesting and obviously not something that is easy to explain. One of the traits or one of the characteristics that Kelsier mentions from being a sliver is that he is able to see all the different threads of possible futures so he can see the future but he can see every single possible future and it's overwhelming for his mind to deal with Um, but he can see literally every single possible future that could happen even if it's super minuscule and the thing that you know, did end up happening. Um, But he sees them all at once, all in the same way. And when he gives up the power and returns to his cognitive self in Mistborn's secret history, he's basically trying to remember what he learned in that enlightened state. It's very meta and kind of uh, trippy out there. Because he's a character that, one, learns there's a god, and then learns that that god is just a piece, one-sixteenth, of a larger thing, at Adenalsium. And then he gets a tiny bit of power and is just completely overwhelmed with that power, his basic story in the end of Mistborn Secret History and Mistborn Era 2 is that he's trying to kind of remember what he was able to see in that brief period that he was a sliver. Splinters, tell us more about how they manifest. Like what is, you have this power of Ananalsium, it's on planets. We don't really know a whole bunch, but we can see the sentience that exists in some forms. Like, what? What is an example of a splinter?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Like, what does it look like when a piece of power achieves sentience? Because that's, like, very abstract. Um, And, again, this is something we don't know a ton about. But what we do know is that uh, one example of a splinter would be the Sions in On on Atlanta. Elantris? No, sorry. On cell in Elantris. Nice. Um, And those are, like, those little floating, like, bubbles that people utilize um, Mm -hmm. that are incredibly intelligent. And then another example would be the Spren on Rashar. Um, We know that those existed before Honor and Cultivation got there, and they are... Pieces of power, so splinters directly from Adenolseum that achieved sentience on their own. Um, And I believe honor and cultivation kind of influenced them once they got there, Mm -hmm. but those are also direct splinters of Adenolseum.
0: So that is probably where we have the best example of splinters, is looking at the Stormlight Archive uh, and the existence of Spren, which are central to that story. So let's uh, dive in a little bit just to kind of talk about what is a spren so we can better understand the splinter?
1: I mean, there's a lot of a lot of great questions about spren. Exactly. Um, because the people on Rashard don't even know that much about them. Um, what we understand so far is that they are sort of cognitive manifestations of things on earth. So the I think the example they give is somebody with a temper. We start to describe their temper or their anger as being like its own thing Mm -hmm. that is like you know sort of possessing them or it has its own personification
0: i felt the rage monster
1: yeah exactly like anything that's sort of personified that people start to think about in a specific way over and over and over again um manifests within the cognitive realm that then also creates a physical spren on their planet
0: so many different things one that we will get into more in depth next week with our discussion on romantic theory um but the the existence of spren on rashar is really really significant not only to the way that investiture and the magic system on that planet works but also the history of that planet as well. Um, The animals on Rishar are kind of more invested. They have more uh, sentience than a lot of other animals that we see. It's pretty much the only world where the animals are really discussed in depth.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of creatures on Rishar, and they are related to Spren. I think specifically the Rishadium. Mm-hmm. That's how I say it anyway. The horses, um, the, the or, war horses. Well, yeah, they're a specific kind of horse because they have regular horses, and then they have Rishadium,
0: which which they... are like
1: bigger, stronger. They're described to be almost as intelligent as humans.
0: Exactly. And then there's other creatures as well, but basically it always comes down to this point is that they have hyper intelligence for that creature. Like whatever creature you're looking at, it's more intelligent on Rishar than you would see on other planets. They have horses on Skadril as well. They do not have these... Hyper intelligent war horses on Scadrill. So, something about the Spren is also influencing the evolution of all different types of creatures on that planet.
1: I don't know if that's accurate. Why? Because I think, I don't think it has to do with the Spren, I think it has to do with cultivation. Because the Rashidium are the only animal that we hear of being hyper intelligent
0: no you have things like the um, the sea turtles that uh, are home to the Reshi Isles you have things like the giant it's not a squid creature but it's oh, like a yeah, great
1: the, um... oh dang it you know what I I'm talking do- about yeah, that Shallan dives underwater I just, I just underwater. Read that chapter um,
0: she, she dives underwater to look at this Sanford excellent nice the santhid you know looked at her and just peered through her soul or something she described it kind of like that looking at the eye was just like being you know heavily investigated I mean, I think, no
1: yeah i think there are i just don't think
0: you think it's coming from cultivation not from the sprint yeah
1: because i'm pretty sure that is has been stated
0: interesting
1: well and there's definitely in there's definitely a relationship I mean, there's a relationship between everything and spren because we know we see, like, different, specific, weird kinds of spren around the chasm fiends Mm -hmm. when they die. And, like, there's, like, different specific spren that gravitate towards different animals and no one really knows what kind of spren they are, like, why they're there. So, I mean, I think there's definitely a relationship, but I don't know that it specifically has to do with the intelligence factor. I think the intelligence factor has to do with how close they are to cultivation.
0: Interesting. What we do know about spren is that they are manifestations of
1: ideas. They're like living ideas. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, living ideas. So they exist in the cognitive realm and are going to be super important um, in the cognitive realm issues on Rishar which we'll get into more next
1: week. Yeah, so I think like some things there are they're mainly in the physical realm and they have sort of a ghost cognitive presence or something like that. The spren exists mainly in the cognitive realm and then have wisps. have yeah a sort of small presence in the physical realm as well. Sorry, I'm kind of getting into our next episode. It's okay, we're just mean to jump ahead here.
0: Yeah, no, this is just foreshadowing our episode on romantic theory. But the Spren, uh, I think the most famous Spren is uh, the Spren that follows Kaladin and and bonds with Kaladin, uh, which is Syl. And Syl describes herself. Uh, I believe it's when she is basking in the glory that is Rock's devotion to her. Uh, she says something along the lines of, uh, "You know, I don't understand you humans, except for Rock, who's a complete gentleman, and <laughs> I adore him completely." Uh, and Kaladin says, "Yeah, that's because he's worshiping you. Don't let him get out of hand with that. Like, you need to you need to check his worship a little bit. It's getting kind of weird." And she says. Why shouldn't he worship me? I am a god. At least an itty-bitty little piece of one. (laughs) So that's exactly what she's talking about in that moment. She's telling it like a joke, or or she's telling it to be funny. And what she's saying, that she's an itty-bitty-bitty piece of god, is accurate, because she is a splinter of adenalsium. Yep. Beautiful. I love that that exists as both like a humorous moment in the book. It's such a tiny moment. It's literally something that you could read in just
1: yeah, it's gone like in an instant. Three lines, I think.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. But it's hinting at this larger truth, and that's why we're here, right? To, to pull out all these little different hints and tidbits and try to make them make sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I do think that that's interesting that Brandon, when asked, said that um, the way Adonalsium was shattered, it could have shattered into different pieces. So, like, instead of having preservation and ruin and autonomy and ambition, it could have shattered into a bunch of different things. And that when Adonalsium was shattered, there was a force that specifically determined how it shattered and like what pieces it shattered into
0: absolutely and we do just not know a whole bunch about yeah. that shattering because uh, we're just seeing the the after effects right the long long after effects and one of the things that I find interesting about that idea that it could have shattered into different ways, but it shattered into these ways and then was picked up or taken by specific vessels, specific people, is so significant, so um, important to the, the larger story of the Cosmere because these vessels are Basically becoming a god, lowercase g, by taking a piece of capital G, god. And then when they play out, I think we started by saying this, it's imperfect. Mm -hmm. The imperfect nature of the gods is a huge element that we can see play out in all of these books. Um, I really like the way that it plays out in Mistborn Era 2 um, with Harmony being held by the vessel Zazed. Um, Zazed. Zazed. All the different pronunciations. <laughs> uh, he struggles with it so much. And when Wax question, questions him, how could you let this happen? How could you do this? Harmony's basic response is like, yeah, I could do everything. I could. I absolutely could. But... When I save... This person from dying... Of thirst... As a baby... Do I also save them... When they are going to get into a... Car accident or a... Carriage accident... uh, When they're a teenager... Do I save them... When... They are an old person from X disease. Like, where's the line? What are the repercussions from saving them as a baby Right. that is significant down the road? Like, you want me, you, Harmony speaking to Wax, you want me to just fix everything and make everything, like, kind of perfect and wonderful, but that isn't, that's a preservation. You, like, want things to stay the same. That's not what I do. Like, that's not harmony. So often that kind of decision that is made by the individual vessels is going to be hugely significant playing out in these stories that we read.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the only other place that we really see that is with Honor on Rishar. Um, We see a very small bit of Tanavast who um, leaves sort of Part of himself behind to try to communicate and help out the people of Rashar later and kind of explain how much he tried to do and what he was trying to do and all of that stuff. We need to talk about all the shards that are shattered because we mentioned it, but we didn't actually go through that chronology.
0: Okay. I can definitely do that. Uh, What... Do you know these off the top of your head? Yeah, I do. Excellent.
1: Um, Okay, so we know, we already established that Odium, um, you know, is horrible. (laughs) And is attempting to shatter all of the other shards. Um, And he has been successful in this in several instances. For example, he went to Cell in the past and shattered uh, both Devotion and Dominion. So there is not... They're dead. They're dead, yes. There is not an existing full shard on Cell. So the magic that we see there is all um, sort of the existence of splinters and we're not quite sure, but we know that magic there works a little bit differently because they don't have an active shard. Um, Odium then left Cell, possibly went to other places in between, we're not quite sure, ended up on Rachar where he then shattered Honor.
0: So Honor is dead but I'll see what I can do. What about Cultivation?
1: Cultivation is alive and, as far as we know, well okay, on Rishar. And Odium Possibly is still... Possibly
0: resisting um, Odium. We would have to expect, right?
1: Yes, definitely. That
0: as long as Cultivation is still alive and kicking, and we believe she is, she is probably actively resisting Odium at this point.
1: Well, and I think we know that the act of shattering another shard takes a significant amount of, like, energy and some kind of, like, power resource for the shard. Mm -hmm. So, after the shattering of honor, I believe we know this for sure, that Odium retreated to Braze to sort of, like, recover. So, his presence is still felt on Rashar, um, and possibly what's happening in the Stormlight Archive is that we're seeing him gain that power again, and we would assume that he's gearing up to then shatter cultivation as well.
0: Is that manifesting itself, that gaining of power, is that manifesting itself as the return of the Voidbringers?
1: That's what I think. Okay. That's what I think. As we're seeing in Way of Kings, and Words of Radiance, this sort of Uh, increase in momentum of this bad thing is happening it's building it's coming you know now the everstorm comes that this is a manifestation or a depiction of odium finally starting to return to his full power
0: have there been any other shards that we know of that have been destroyed by odium
1: no not that we know for sure
0: okay so we have devotion dominion honor yes definitely dead yeah There is something that happened with Ambition, right, on that whole planet.
1: Yeah. So it's suspected that Odium was on Threnody, at least for a period of time. We, again, don't know anything specific about whether he shattered Ambition or not, um, or if he just stayed there for a long time and it kind of seeped in to that system, um, but there's definitely some weird, interesting things happening on Threnody, which again is the home of Shadows for Silence and the Forest of Hell um, And also of how investiture is manifesting and we know that there was some kind of exodus there also that the people on that planet uh, fled en masse at one point, some terrible, scary
0: Which could have been Odium arriving.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And we know that Ambition, the Shard, is now not on the planet of Threnody.
1: Yes, correct.
0: It's just hanging out nearby. So it's possible that Odium and Ambition had a fight, um, and maybe neither side was victorious, but neither side lost. Neither side was shattered.
1: Yeah, maybe. That's a great theory.
0: We don't know. And then we don't know.
1: Ambition maybe left Threnody for a nearby planet to sort of recover. Recover, yeah. yeah.
0: So you have that same kind of, um, you know, clash and then period of recovery mm-hmm. as uh, the energy kind of recoalesces or they gain the power back. So mm-hmm. maybe... Um, because Threnody is also seen in Mistborn's Secret History uh, briefly, but there are there are people from Threnody in Mistborn's Secret History. And so that planet is definitely going to have more to play in the bigger picture. And I am guessing that we will find out exactly if my theory is correct, that there was some type of clash yeah, I like um, that between theory. Ambition and Odium. You know, there are there are so many different connections with ways that we've seen this play out in forms of literature or just human mythology in the past that Brandon's pulling from. Uh, You know, he has his own uh, religious faith that he's pulling from. All humans have mythologies and creations. And one of the things that I, I think is so interesting is this fractal Way of understanding the Cosmere of Mm -hmm. these individual stories going on with Kaladin and Sil and Vin and Kelsier and all these different characters that make up the books. Then you have this issue of, you know, we zoom out and we see that there's planet wide issues between the, the shards, preservation, and ruin devotion and dominion, honor and cultivation, and then you can pull out again and see the whole Cosmere universe is undergoing some craziness right now. This is not a stable environment or a stable universe. No, it's
1: like a universe at war.
0: Exactly. And there is a lot of destruction. There's a there's a lot that in this war has not gone as planned or, or the sides of good do not seem to be winning right now.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think we hear from a few different people, including Hoyd, um, about the fact that they didn't really know what was going to happen when Adonalsium shattered. And like everyone is just, Playing it by ear at this point, they're just like, oh god, this happened and now we're all kind of staying on our toes, like figuring things out because there's a lot happening and no one really knows what's going on or what they need to do. Everyone is figuring it out as they go.
0: Yeah. The complexity is hard to keep a hold of, but here on Cosmere Conversations, we hope that we didn't just confuse you more, that we helped in some way, give an understanding both to adonalsium and the shards. Next week, what are we talking about?
1: Next week, we're gonna be talking about the realmatic theory, which is sort of the structure of the cosmere into spiritual realm, cognitive realm, and physical realm.
0: And we've been hinting at those terms hardcore uh, this episode, and when we put all of this together, I think just like the Cosmere, it's gonna get better on the re-listen. The Cosmere <laughs> books get better on the reread. Definitely, there are so many different things that I feel us like dipping our toes into, uh, and then quickly retreating because it's like it's too deep to get involved in. Um, but when it's all laid out, I feel like we'll have a good to understand this Cosmere universe. I agree. Any other last thoughts? No. Okay. I think we're good. Excellent.
1: Until next time, life before death,
0: strength before weakness,
1: journey before destination. <laughs>